Entitled parents break my PlayStation, I buy another and they keep breaking them. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. Okay, so I've been trying to find the right place to talk about this since I don't really have anywhere else to talk about it. I'm going to start on the first PS4. For a while now, my parents are pretty big fans of breaking or quote disciplining us if we misbehaved. But as time went on, their discipline did not affect me because I was used to it. Since I wouldn't give them the reaction they wanted, they would result to taking or breaking my belongings. They would always use the same saying, There isn't democracy in this household. It's dictatorship and you do what we tell you when we tell you. I've heard it so many times, I've wanted to say every single country that's tried dictatorship has failed. But I'm just trying to get the whole situation over with and not be called an idiot by my dad. I can't remember the reason why the first PS4 was broken, but I can remember the last two, and I will say how and why they did it. The second PS4 I bought was a new one, just like the last one with a whole terabyte. It lasted until a couple of months later, my brother and I get in an argument, completely separate from the PS4. My mom gets mad and says, since you guys wanna always argue, I'm throwing this PS4 away. We were obviously still mad at each other, but then I noticed what she said and went on to ask why she's throwing out the PS4 I paid for. She went on to say, this is my house and you will do what I say, and this PS4 is a demon. So legitimately continues to throw my PS4 about five feet off the ground onto the grass. I was just in disbelief that she just broke my PS4 over something that had nothing to do with it. On to the next PS4. I obviously lost trust in my family, so I bought a used PS4 with 500 gigabytes for $180. I'm pretty sure it was stolen. The first thing she says when I get the PS4 in the house, I can break this one just like the others. I was annoyed and I just responded, I'll just break your TV then. And she laughed it off. Obviously, I wasn't going to break the TV because I don't want to get my butt whipped by my dad. Fast forward a couple months and I get in an argument with her because I said, I'll do it right after this match. And for some reason, she decided to unplug my PS4, grab a bat, and in front of the neighbors, breaks my PS4. She believes I'm emotionally attached to the PS4 and it's a demon, which I am not attached to it at all. Just annoyed my money has been wasted again. All I said was, if you're going to make me watch, at least do it inside without all the neighbors watching after everything had happened. She again discusses how you do what I say when I say you should be thankful for all this and whatnot. At this point, my payback was simple. Just stop communicating. I started becoming a lot quieter and not telling them about what I'm thinking and stuff like that. Just overall being the quiet kid. I rebought another PS4 cheap and I kid you not, I got the I'll break that one also BS. Luckily, I still have this PS4 and I've been not using it at all with her inside the house. Clearly showing that I don't trust her at all. She realized this and said, why aren't you playing? And I happily responded, because you might break it. I didn't look at her face because I was on my phone, but all I heard was her leave my room, which actually felt great to finally let them know I don't trust them at all with my belongings. If my new PS4 is broken, I'll make sure to update this forum. But as for now, I'm grounded from using my PS4, which is new. They grounded me because I was watching TV during class.
edit. After having this post up and replying to many comments, I've finally come to my senses, and I'm truly sad about how I really feel and I've been hiding my feelings to myself. Thank you everyone for helping me realize what's wrong with this. A good amount of people have said, you're addicted, and somewhere around those lines, but I will explain why I get so many PS4s. I play the game to be happy and make money. It's a source of income for me. Not only that, I talk to people on a personal level that do help me with my issues. Gaming isn't always I better win. The community on PS4 has helped me a lot. There was a point where I was very depressed and a middle-aged man said to me, I bet you have it tough, but at the end of all that hardship is a reward that you've earned. I will never forget what he said, and to this day, I talk to him about my issues. I want to make it clear that the main reason for buying a PS4 is not to play games, but to talk to someone. Talking to people over a hotline isn't the same as talking to a guy in his 20s or 30s telling you how he overcame his problems. The gaming community is the reason I'm breathing, and I can without a doubt say posting this story on Reddit helped me so much on realizing my mistakes and what I should do. While I was reading all of the the replies and comments, I've come to a point of tearing up because I blocked out everything that's wrong with my family. I can't thank everyone enough. Except for the one guy that said, stop complaining and grow up. You, sir, are the human embodiment of used toilet paper. I've decided to start saving up my money to leave this toxic household. I'm going to try and buy an apartment or find myself a roommate. I really don't want the police involved in my problems as well, mainly because my parents aren't from here, so if they get deported, it'll cause a lot of issues to my siblings as well. As soon as I'm 18, I will take a lot of other people's advice and make a separate bank account and block their number for around a year, basically separating myself from their life in general. I had a very long talk with my cousin about my parents and he said exactly, listen man, this is something even my mom has noticed. She was a bit sad you've become numb to the things your mom and dad say to you. He then went on to tell me how my parents treated others, basically being jerks. Again, thank you everyone for all the advice and such kind things you've said. It really means a lot. I hope I can give you guys a better update in the future. Meanwhile, I'm probably going to post stories about my parents around Reddit a lot because hey, they're jerks. Uh, yeah, they really are, buddy, and I'm really sorry about that. Growing up with abusive parents is never easy, whether it's physical abuse or mental abuse as it is in this case. And this kid's response to all the abuse was to shut down to his abusers, which is a perfectly understandable response in this situation. However, long term, it's not a healthy mental state, and given that he's still a minor, he's trapped with these abusers until he turns 18. Thankfully, it seems the internet has been able to help him come to terms terms with what he's dealing with. We've come up with a plan of action to get out of this toxic environment and get into a more healthy mental state. So at the end of the day, we have a happy ending for our original poster. For the parents, however, apparently you still have a couple of kids hanging out in the house there for a few number of years at least. Make sure you're not doing this to them as well. Your form of discipline is not conducive to a healthy environment for your children. Your one child has only used one way to deal with this abuse. There are other other ways that this could have gone and they're not pretty. Talk to your children. Have a conversation with them about what the issue is. That will always lead to a much happier ending. 
Work devolves into absolute chaos. Thankfully, I have rock hard evidence for HR. This story takes place a few years ago when I was working security for a baseball park. I wasn't one of the security guards checking bags or showing people seats though. My department was 24 hour security, handling mostly guarding restricted areas, watching cameras, and keeping an eye out for the emergencies in the park. Both departments have their own boss, with one boss above them overseeing security in general. It was a really cool job, especially considering how beautiful the park was. When I would work night shifts, I'd usually be the only one walking around the park, and we had such beautiful views of the city and even a river walk that was part of our patrol. Unfortunately, most of my coworkers were sexist middle-aged men. At the time of this story, I was 20 years old, 5'2", 112 pounds. I'd actually already quit once before for sexual harassment. A co-worker would start random conversations with me and insist I should work with him just to spend as much time as he could with me. Then, behind my back, was insisting to everyone that I wanted him, as well as making comments about the size of my chest and insisting women with larger breasts were more sexual. It was hard enough being in a position where I needed to maintain some respect and authority in order to keep people safe without being treated like a streetwalker every day. I tried telling my my first boss who we'll call Frank and he said he talked to them but it never stopped and then eventually Frank was transferred. I found out basically as soon as he left that he'd been saying all the same things. He never actually had any respect for me as security which was a little devastating but I at least knew I'd done good work. At this point, his superior, Big Boss, took over. So I tried to approach him to get the co-worker to stop. He said, and I quote, Well, as a woman in a male-dominant profession, you really should expect this sort of thing. So I quit. However, Big Boss decided to go into early retirement later that year. And the co-worker made a sexual comment to someone from HR by mistake. So he ended up fired. When my second boss, who will call Satan for my amusement, took over for Frank, someone mentioned my name and what good work I'd done in the past. So he sent me an email and I happened to be looking for a second job at the time, so I joined back up. Unfortunately, I began having issues with my new boss fairly quickly. There was no pretending to respect me. Satan started in Frank's position, but because Big Boss retired so soon after, he ended up getting the promotion easily. For a long time, there technically was no head of our department, as he was technically doing two jobs and he was very rarely in the office. This meant he was very strict about everything, and getting anywhere required showing results. When I walked into my interview the first time I'd worked there, even though Frank immediately made comments like, oh, I didn't know you'd be so small, and you sounded taller on the phone, he never made any indication it would impede my job, and I never let it, and always let me try a bit of every station. However, from the start, Satan mentioned he'd be having me mostly on table in office from then on and even took me off night shifts. Frank let me know from the start that the smallest uniform sizes would be swimming on me. And he was right. The shirt went to my knees and I had to tuck it in. The pants had to be hemmed five inches and I had to buy my own shoes and belt because the provided ones didn't fit. He was understanding of this, even when my small size meant the shoes I was wearing were a pair of all black non-slip child sneakers because it was hard for me to find non-slip shoes in my size. And my belt was green because my 
my waist was so small, the only belt I had that would fit was a fashion belt with holes along the entire length for one size fits all. Eventually, he just had to accept that I'd have to stay in the black shoes, but he insisted I needed to buy a sturdy black leather belt because it was part of the uniform. I'd already had to buy shoes for this job for the first time I was hired, and considering the entire uniform was to be provided, I was a little sick of it. Satan tried to make me wear shoes two sizes too big for me on the first day, insisting I needed to wear the uniform. He tried to make me wear the belt too, but my pants were literally falling off my body. There was just no way possible to use any belt in the building but my green one. Eventually, he just had to accept that I'd have to stay in the black shoes, but he insisted I needed to buy a sturdy black leather belt because it was part of the uniform. I'd already had to buy shoes for this job the first time I was hired, and considering the entire uniform was to be provided, I was a little sick of it, and just told him I'd get to it when I had the money. Partway through the season, I'd done a bunch of office work above my station to prove myself to Satan, and gotten his permission to take over watching early entrance before the baseball games. This was an area of the park closed off to anyone without special privileges like season ticket holders or certain events and ticket tiers. Even though my department had to send someone down to guard that area, scanning people's passes to make sure they could only go in if they were allowed, it was technically run by the game day security. This is where things get odd. To this day, I don't know why, but at one point, a game day security guard came over and told me they were opening the early access point to everyone in the park a half an hour early. Now, this wasn't actually uncommon, as just about any day with a small enough crowd, they'd open it like that. The odd part of it is, it wasn't true. However, I had no way of knowing that, and no reason to question it. I returned to the office and walked face first into a crap storm. Craphead, a random co-worker of equal rank, was already ranting before I entered the room. I'm not one for confrontation and prefer to settle things as quickly and calmly as possible, so I wasn't actually triggered just yet, simply walking over to see what was so wrong so we could sort this out. Now, when I got closer and he was suddenly in my face, this man being more than six feet tall, yeah, anxiety started rising up a bit. Craphead, who told you you could leave early access? Me. I, I, I don't know. Craphead. You don't know? It wasn't me. It wasn't him. Gesturing to Satan. Who did it? No one. Me. At the same time. I, I don't know. I don't know. Craphead. You don't know? Oh, so there was someone? Said mockingly, and I just now realize he actually thinks I just left my post. Me. Yes. A game day came over and told me they were closing it early. Craphead. What game day? Was it a supervisor? If it wasn't a supervisor, you shouldn't have listened. Scream screaming in my face now, getting louder, then looks at the screen. Look, there's another one getting in, and another, and another. Oh, look, they're having a big old party at early access. Starts screaming at the top of his lungs, directly in my face, about how people spend good money on season tickets. Now, this is the part where I break down into shaking sobs and had to sprint to the bathroom. I'd like to say I made it to the toilet, but I did not. I try not to let it affect my work, but I actually have PTSD, anxiety, depression, and social anxiety from years of physical, mental, and emotional abuse from my stepmother, as well as abandonment issues and just a whole bunch of crap. My parents were just in general all messed up people who took advantage of me however possible and seriously screwed up my head. Because my issues were caused by abuse and not a traumatic experience, my triggers are a 
little different. Fireworks or even an armed gunman didn't trigger me, but I can't take someone screaming in my face. I was shaking and having trouble breathing, so ended up calling my boyfriend to take me home. Satan tried calling me back on the radio, saying something about not making a scene and security officers needing to maintain a level of composure. Meanwhile, the two other co-workers who had been in the room during what happened were texting me trying to make sure I was alright, and just completely appalled at everything they had just witnessed and were still witnessing. The next day, I was scheduled to work a night shift with Craphead. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Meaning we'd be the only two people in the entire building all night. Before that, I wanted to make it very clear that him yelling at me was not okay, and that mistakes should be dealt with calmly and by my boss, not by an equal co-worker screaming in my face. That said, I still had my size to consider, and was afraid he wouldn't take me seriously. I asked my boyfriend if he could come in with me before my shift, but just to mediate if needed. We arrived 10 minutes early. When you first enter from the security door, it opens into a lobby. A window looks out into the security office, and it is this window I approach to talk to Craphead. My boyfriend came in behind me, standing a few feet away. He wasn't anywhere near the window, and we never left the lobby. My shift hadn't started, and civilians were allowed in this area as it was actually where they would need to go if they needed something from the building at this time anyways. But here's how this went. Craphead looks up to see who walked in, sees boyfriend walking in behind me, and frowns. What are you doing here? Me. He's my boyfriend. I... Craphead eyes went wide. Get out! Me. What? No, I... Craphead. No, you! Get out! Points to my boyfriend in the door. You think you're just gonna come in here like this? Me. Craphead, stop. He's just here so I can talk. Craphead. Shut up! What the hell are you doing bringing him in here like this? Boyfriend. Hey, don't talk to her like that. Craphead. Oh, you wanna go? You wanna go? Let's go! Stands up and starts coming around to leave the office, which is a very long walk from the window to the door. Yeah, we were done with that bullcrap. Boyfriend and I were already almost at the door by the time he came out, yelling about how he was banned and never allowed inside the building again. For us to get out, etc, etc. I sent my boss a long text recounting the events, then went home and got some sleep. The next day, I had an afternoon shift. I had already planned on talking to Satan, so it was a relief when I was called into his office. I didn't expect to get scolded. This man gave me a verbal warning for walking out on my shift, like I wasn't being screamed at to leave. When I pointed that out, he claimed Craphead was only telling my boyfriend to leave, and about how he'd already gotten a text saying what happened before he got mine, and that's when it clicked. Craphead got to Satan about the incident first, so my recount didn't matter. He even tried acting like my boyfriend was actually banned, despite the fact I'm part of the department that would handle that, so I know the proceedings and all the information that needs to be gathered. This man didn't care about the truth. He cared about sweeping any issue under the rug as fast as possible, and to him, I was just a ball of little issues. So I sat there nodding my head like a good little soldier and waited, and then finally 
finally, after one request to buy a black belt as soon as possible, he sent me out. I immediately went to the office, checked who was on night shift, and saw it was a co-worker we'll call Snake and someone else. Then asked the someone else if I could switch. They said yes, and my plan was set. That night, I told Snake he could take the first patrol. While he was gone, I used my security access to my full advantage, pulling up video evidence of both of Craphead's blowups. I used my phone to record copies of everything I needed, and thanks to all of the office work I'd been doing, I knew exactly what way to mark the timeline of events according to our protocols for incidents. I wrote up all the reports myself, gathered my evidence, and then left a note on Satan's desk. By the time Snake came back, I was completely done and ready to expose the truth and get justice. I went on my own first patrol, making sure to take plenty of pictures and video for myself to remember every inch of the park. Once again, I returned to the office and cycled with Snake, sending him on his patrol after we chatted for a minute. When he left, I noticed he'd been using the office phone, which wasn't unusual or against the rules, but made me curious of a few things. When I went into the text messages from the previous night, sure enough, Craphead had contacted Satan from that phone. I was able to read exactly what had been sent and get a copy for HR. Finally, I checked the Facebook chat group Snake had left open. Now, while I wasn't in the habit of snooping on my coworkers, Snake was actually one of the few I'd considered a friend. And the same person who told me Frank was secretly just as much of a sexual harasser claimed Snake was as well. And he left it open on the work phone. Upon reading it, I found out that not only was Snake just as bad as Frank and the guy who was fired, but he'd been in the group chat talking about me all night with one of our other co-workers and our old boss, and what they'd like to do to me if they had me to themselves all night. I quickly took screenshots, even though it was his private Facebook because he was doing it on the work phone I figured he'd still get in trouble, sent them to myself, then deleted the evidence. I went on my last patrol that night, just enjoying a leisurely stroll around the park throughout the sunrise. When my shift ended, I left a big I quit in swirly writing on the whiteboard, then left. I stopped by HR to drop off the reports, having already sent the email with the videos, screenshots, and recount to people even above Satan. Satan tried acting to everyone like I was just being a dramatic troublemaker and Craphead did nothing wrong. But less than a week later, Craphead was fired, along with Snake and the other co-worker. Apparently, I was right about them still getting in trouble. With four people suddenly out of the department that was already understaffed, Satan started to struggle. To make matters worse, while he still had a few good workers, the ones that were gone were honestly of the best, even Craphead. He still has his job, but the main source of my grief got fired anyways, and I've heard enough of the struggles Satan's gone through to know it was revenge enough. Besides, I got a couple bonus revenges and trust men less than ever. Can you believe these jerks? Wow, that was one epic tale for what was actually just a couple of nights. That's a whole lot of drama happening in the security room of this baseball park. Gotta give props to the original poster though for how she handled this situation. It sounds like she's gotten a handful of people fired for their behavior. And while it didn't involve everyone that she would have liked, at least a good portion of the toxic people are now removed from that workplace. And hopefully the ones that are remaining will learn from this lesson. All of the behavior exhibited by the men in this department is absolutely disgusting. I'm glad HR responded appropriately and brought the hammer down on these guys. It's truly unfortunate that our poster had to go through all of this, but hopefully they've made it a little bit better for future females coming into this situation. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications.
Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.